Brady throws the ball downfield. He's got Evans toward the end zone. Evans makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great throw by Brady. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the cannons. Brought to you by Frontier. Uncable yourself. Get fiber internet. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Dropping to throw Mahomes. We run a stunt, run a stunt. And we sock him at the 50-yard line. Wow, he's clobbered. Now your host, Bucks team reporter, Casey Phillips. Welcome to Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest. Casey Phillips here, joined by rookie running back Rashad White, who I've been so excited to have on. Rashad, thanks so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you, man, you've been a talk of the offseason. I know that there's a lot of people excited to see you out on that field, that you got a lot of people excited with your, uh, not only your run game, your pass game, everything about you, the energy you bring. So we got a lot to get into. First, we'll start with this last victory in New Orleans. And what does it feel like to start 2-0 and in your NFL career and the vibes around the locker room right now? Uh, for me, it feels great. Uh, it's a lot of good vibes, and you can never go wrong with that. A lot of great energy. You can feel it. You can see it. You can sense it. Uh, so it's been a blessing, uh, honestly, and just, you know, learning every day from um, a lot of the guys in the building. Uh, it's a lot of stars here, and, you know, one day you're looking to be one of them stars in this locker room, so you're just learning from each and every one every day. And what were the feelings and emotions for you when you stepped onto an NFL field that first week and even the second one? What what goes through your mind in both of those games? Uh, for me, what goes on, I mean, I just always come out early. Uh, I get a stretch or warm-up with Dre. Uh, I do the same routine, so I found a routine and stuck with it since uh, preseason. And, I mean, stepping into the first couple games, you just you get to check the scenery. You know, it's a different feel um, than preseason. You know, it's the real deal. Uh, it actually goes towards your record and things like that. But uh, me, I just stay focused. I like to have fun. I like to enjoy the moment walking out there. I can remember everything I did, just things like that. So, you know, like I'm making sure I stay in the moment. Did you – how much did you understand about the, let's call it grudge match with the Saints, of the history here with these two teams trying to break the regular season losing streak? How much did you know going into this or kind of learn about it in the last week or so? Uh, I mean, for me, the, the biggest thing that I learned, I, I mean, when I seen what had happened in the game, then I knew, oh, yeah, this, you know, is some real deal. It's some serious, you know. <laughs> Uh, coming from Arizona State, uh, our rivalry was like Arizona, so you know. But I mean, it <laughs> not never, quite as vicious. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it never got that to that point. It almost got there, but you know, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But you know, everybody was talking about it all week. You could just sense it. You know, people like I hate. You know, hate is a strong word. When I hear hate, it's like yeah, okay, you see it. And now, <clears throat> uh, you kind of being when you going into the game, it's kind of like you know how much do you hate? And then when you see what happened and how everybody is and how everybody acts, it's like, oh, yeah, that's hate. You could tell. And so then you could tell what it meant to get that win. What what was that like in the locker room right after and, and to understand what that win meant to this team? Uh, for me, it was just good. I was just locked into Coach Bowles' speech, uh, listened to what he said, and basically just everything and how he said the game was going to go. Um, and after when he spoke in the locker room, he, you know, reiterated how the game was going to go. And all the players and all the guys just <clears throat> rallying behind each other um, going out there fighting, uh, you can see it on the film. Obviously, you'd be wanting to play better in certain aspects, certain sport, sport, uh, spurts of the game. But, you know, football is football, and it's tough. You know, like Coach said, it's tough to win in this league, and I could just see that already. So it was fun to see. 
And how about the way Leonard Fournette's been able to come out and play these first couple games, especially that week one against the Cowboys? I mean, this guy was just putting up <laughs> yards and throwing a heck of a chip block in there. And then he had to grind it out in this last game, a lot of carries, and um, had to work for those yards a little bit. What's it been like to watch uh, Lenny these first couple games? Um, it just, it's just awesome. You know, it's a blessing uh, that you get to watch and uh, kind of sit, guy, sit behind a, a guy like Lenny. I um, mean, and, you know, you get to compete against him every day and, things like that and just see how he maneuver and you know how he runs the ball with a lot of attitude a lot of force and, and things like that so it's been awesome to see him come out and start off good great and do his thing and uh been blessed what are some of the things that he does that you've been able to learn now being as close to him that maybe you want to emulate or that you want to learn from some of the, the little things that we might not know uh watching from afar uh honestly just um what i really admire about lenny uh um, just how like freely he's he plays. I mean, you know, a lot of guys and we talk about in the sport and just all kinds of walks of life. Like you gonna mess up or you gonna make a mistake, but um, and he do it at a hundred miles per hour. So like you know, it's like it's still a lot of effort. You know, regardless if he made that mistake, he gonna make that mistake with a lot of effort. So that's one of the things I admire about him. Not saying a mistake is you know the right thing to do, of course, but I mean if you're doing it a hundred miles per hour, you know you never know. It ain't like he making a mistake and how most guys do. You kind of give up and you like, oh dang, you know you're in your own head. He like, nah, I'm gonna make it and I'm gonna go into the next play. So that's one of the big things I've been you know, kind of learning, especially when you're young, you as a rookie, you want to do everything right. And then when you don't do something right, sometimes it gets to, and you see it all, all the time, it gets to uh, being, you know, your head go down sometimes, or you like, dang, you know, because um, um, as humans, we can be our biggest critic, you know, um, especially if you're trying to do something and be great. So, I mean, that's one thing I like and admire about Lenny. And uh, we're talking running back Rashad White. For the offense overall, what are the big things you feel like now after two weeks? Um, I know you guys just got out of meetings looking back at this game. The biggest things that your coaches are still looking for from you guys, offense overall, and then running back specifically that they want to see? Um, I mean, I think they're just looking for us to still keep playing physical. Uh, we could be uh, more physical than we have been. Uh, honestly, making sure everybody just know what they're doing. Um, do the right thing. Um, doing your job. And I mean, you know, doing what is asked for you in your play in the play because obviously that's when you know offense is hitting on all cylinders. I mean, we've been fortunate and great to win these two games, but I mean, for offense, the coaches and the players and, and how we talking and TB and things like that, we want to play to our, we feel like our level of um, how we can play, um, and that's what uh, coach said. So we just want to keep keep building, um, keep watching film, keep coming together, and make sure everybody doing their job and doing the right assignment uh, on each play. How about in the red zone? I know that's definitely been a point of emphasis these last couple of weeks, looking at how often you guys were getting it down the field, but then stalling out inside the 30, inside the 20. Uh, what are some of the things that coaches have been pointing out that you guys feel like you want to work on specifically in the red zone? Uh, just same thing uh, right now. Uh, we just got a lot of mental errors. So like I said, a lot of guys uh, making the, I mean, having a little uh, mistake here that, you know, that costs you big in a red zone and things like that, or just a penalty or something like that, or even if it's not a mistake in you um, doing the right thing. But like, for instance, for me yesterday, uh, I had a little route and I dropped the ball, like six, seven yard route, just things like that, like plays that you got to make, uh, that you know you got to make. And so, you know, it'll all get cleaned up, especially, like I said, you got guys, we all competitors on the offense. We all want to make the play when the ball comes to us. So just things like that we got to clean up, make the play when it comes to, to you. 
And how about the the play of the offensive line? That's a group of guys that I know you're a big fan of because they are a big part of what you're able to, to do out there as a running back and fellow rookie Luke out there getting the, the start and a lot of guys having to step up and turn, you know, got a third string tackle in there. And, you know, it's, it's a hard place to play for an offensive line when it's so loud and they, they kept Tom very upright considering all the different factors. So what's it been like watching them and, and your guy Luke getting that start? Uh, for me, it's just been great to see it. I mean, it was a hard place to play. We can say about that when it comes to uh, the, how loud it gets and how the fans are. But also, it's a... Um, it's just a hard. It was a hard defensive front. It was a hard front seven or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they wanted the toughest, biggest, strongest, um, great size that you know we're gonna be able to see um, all season. So just to be able to see my offensive line fighting every play, things like that, just to see guys like Brandon go in there and and you know we not lose a step or lose a beat, which was really great to see for his confidence, also for everybody else's confidence and. I mean, guys like Brandon, we believe in. Luke has done a great job of coming in, and I, I had already seen it from the beginning. Uh, I came in on Ricky Minicamp and things like that, and you can just tell uh, when a lineman got it, and he just gonna fight for you, and you see that in all of our linemen, and that's that's the biggest thing. They all have been on the same page, and they all have rallied together. I mean, you know, everybody out there, you pay attention, you see what people say, and things like that, and they they you in the process of trying to prove people wrong, and uh, they just doing what they they doing their job. And how about that Brashad uh, Perriman touchdown? Tell me where you're, when you were able to get a good view of that and, and tell us about that play and what that was like for the team to know what a, what a big score that was at that point in the game. Uh, yeah, so I was right there. Um, I'll be standing next to Coach, um, you know, waiting on my time to get in the game. But just in case, Coach, you know, you got to go. So. I love this. You just got to stay nearby yeah, just in I case. Yeah, I just stay yeah. right behind him. He makes sure I stay right I behind him. I picture you just so. tapping him on the shoulder a bunch of times like, hey, hey, Coach, uh, hey, yeah, Coach. Yeah, I mean, you know, you really want to do that. But like I said, you got I got a guy like Lenny in front of me who's been playing out his mind and um, been, he do his thing. Um, so, you know, you got to wait your time. You know, I'm young. I'm a rookie. Uh, I'm trying to have patience. But just seeing uh, uh, BP – um, just score that touchdown, things like that. Just for BP, you know, you was happy. I mean, you was happy for the team, but you also happy for the individual, things like that. Like I said, you know, a guy get his chance like that in the red zone and things like that, and he makes a play. Uh, that's pretty exciting, uh, pretty happy, especially with all the injuries that we've been dealing with in the offense. So it was pretty, you know, I was pretty excited for that. Yeah, that fourth quarter, man, that was uh, quite a turnaround after being 3-3 three to three and just slogging it out this game. And what did it feel like out there was the turning point? I mean, it might be easy to, to say, was it the fight? Was that Did that get everybody fired up? Was it the turnovers, a combination? What what did it feel like in the moment seemed to shift that momentum in the fourth quarter? Um, honestly, I mean, you could probably say the fight, but for me it's like more kind of who comes out the fight, like more calm, mm -hmm. um, you know, because – you know, a lot of emotions play in. One thing, like I have coaches that have been telling me for the past, like you want to play, play football with a passion, but um, not as much as emotions. Don't let emotions really get involved mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to it. So, uh, I mean, I think we came out of the fight. Uh, we was, was riled up, but we eventually ended up calming down and, and staying locked, locked in and not worried about uh, things that we couldn't control. Um, obviously, we lost Mike, but I mean, everybody rallied behind each other, and uh, that was just kind of great to see. I mean, the moment point, you know, you had TB leading, and uh, he was very fired up and passionate, 
especially after that um, event had happened. And um, we just kind of wanted to win. I mean, the defense did a huge job. They, I mean, we know what our defense is capable of. I mean, we've been practicing against them for a whole training camp, you know, a whole month or whatever. Probably happy to be going against someone yeah. else's defense at yeah, this so point you, after them. You'd be happy, but um, that's just what makes each other great, you know. Uh, D.Y. said every day and things like that, like iron sharpers iron. So. Um, turning point was just making sure we come out of there with a win. Um, they preached in the harp all week of how we knew, like, we haven't won a regular season game against them and I don't know how many, you know, years or whatever. Um, so it's been a while and we just really wanted it. And you mentioned yeah. now uh, you'll be without Mike Evans next week because of the suspension. What does that mean to this offense? And then there's also other injuries still around some of the same positions that when there are some key guys missing, what does that feel like? For the rest of you and, and how do you try to go about that as an offense um i mean obviously we just kind of know like what mike uh, mike means to this offense what he means to this organization what he means has meant for the, to this team for nine years or so it's like you know that's a huge piece missing but um we got a great coaching staff uh, they believes in us um offense everybody else that's playing we know um what what what's at stake and what we got to do and you know, it ain't no pressure at the end of the day. You know, we just got to go out there, you know, know our assignment um, and, and know know what to do and then just go out there and play and do your job and have fun, you know, enjoy it. So it's going to be a huge missing piece. But, you know, I think we got some great guys that's under underneath that's going to um, get their chance and their opportunities, opportunities and make the most of them. All right, we got plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with running back Rashad White, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here again is Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with rookie running back Rashad White. And right before the break, you brought up uh, our defense, we were talking about what an incredible performance on Sunday from them. I think six sacks, five takeaways, just absurd stats and includes a pick six. And tell, tell me about some of the, the big turnovers in the game, what you remember seeing from, you know, Jamel and Mike Edwards and some of those guys that uh, what was it like to be there watching those from the sideline at that point? Uh, it was awesome. It was uh, great to see there and watch uh, guys go out there and make plays and do what they um, do. What they do. Um, just seeing, because uh, I, li- I like to see up at the uh, Jumbotron a lot to watch the defense and watch the game. Um, sometimes even when I'm not in and I'm standing next to coach, sometimes, I mean, I look out there, but then I like to look up at the Jumbotron to see the play because you see the play from, you know, the whole point of view and a different, different view as well. So uh, just seeing uh, Jamel go up there um, and make that play and make that catch and then see him make another one. And then next thing you know, you see him, uh, Mike um, Edwards with the, the pick and had a full head of steam <laughs> to be able to take it back to the crib. It was just amazing to see. And you could just see the energy and how happy the whole team was. And, and that that's just a great feeling to have, you know, when, like I said, everybody rallies behind each other and do they think it's just amazing to see um we was talking about it in the rookie academy of how like most teams you get offense and the defense kind of goes at it a little bit because the defense is doing so well but the offense is not playing so well so you know some teams you get the uh, defense is like you know come on offense this and that and you kind of bump heads but how it's like with this team it's like nah we got y'all back uh, we're not gonna say a word. We know y'all gonna, you know, come through when when it's mo- most needed. So that's awesome to see. Yeah, that's an incredible perspective to hear. Uh, we're talking to running back Rashad White. Um, 
how about your your early interactions with Brady? Because a, a big part of that feeling of each side of the ball having each other's back feels like there is such an accountability on both sides of knowing that there are veterans and talented people on both sides of the ball. And Brady kind of brought that attitude as well, of never feeling like you're out of a game, always feeling like you're going to win with Brady at the helm. What are those first things you remember about what it felt like to be on an offense led by Brady and how some of the intangible things that, that he brings that you could feel stepping in here? Um, I mean, you could just tell um, that, you know, he's a winner, um, not even um, by his accolades, just kind of by how he carries himself how, and how he leads, honestly. And that's what you could see um, from the beginning. Um, also, you could just kind of, you know, tell and you just see it as the game goes on, things like that. Like you said, the offense, we've been doing a great job of driving the ball. We have dro drove the ball the first drive and then we have a little hiccup or so. Wish that things like that. That's what I'm saying that we got that we got to clean up. But you could just see like everything is in the details and things like that. And and I mean, you know, uh, he's a great leader. Uh, to me, um, you know, he 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 build guys up, things like that, and also gets on you when he feel like he needs to get on you. You know, um, you know when he's when you a winner, you know you very passionate. Like I said about what what, what you're trying to do, um, you don't like losing, and a lot of and don't nobody really like losing. But for him, it's like, you know, he takes that extra. So it, it just it just everything about him is you can tell um, why he is who he is. What are some of the things that he has said to you, helping you with your game and what he hopes for from you, expects from you, and, and the way he even likes to use running backs, not only as, as running backs, but in the passing game as well? Uh, for me, he just, um, before games, he just be telling me, um, like, you know, kind of like, let's go to nine, just go out there, be you, play free. Um, you you put in a lot of good work, and, uh, you know, you you a heck of a player, um, you a heck of a young player, and, you know, just – Go in there and be you. Um, I know you're gonna do uh, good things. You're gonna be good. So uh, just things like that. You'd be like, okay, like it's cool. Like you know, like yeah, people. You know, you might not think they recognize you, but they, you know, recognize you know the work you put in and things like that. So I mean, you just see it, you know, and, and you hate not making a play or things like that. But you know, you gotta learn how to shake it off and keep moving. I know that it, there's already such a transition going from college to the NFL much less when you're going from college to all of a sudden Tom Brady's the one handing you the ball, that that has to be kind of a surreal moment of like, man, this is what you dream of as a kid and then it's actually happening for you. Were there any moments of trying to act not starstruck or when you come in here of like, man, this is Tom Brady handing me the ball? Were there feelings like that for you early on? Uh, no. Uh, for me, it was just, I mean, like I don't, I don't ever be starstruck because I had a moment when I was a kid. And my mom had broke it down to me. Uh, simple. I think uh, I was at a track meet. I was at my track state meet, and um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. He's from like uh, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. So when uh, we meet in state, like St. Louis, we go we go against each other. Um, we be at the same track meet. So this is when like Ezekiel Elliott was like just got drafted number four overall or something like that. I think and and. Um, and he had played the season or whatever, rookie of the year and stuff like that, and I had seen him. Um, and um, I was like, yeah, like, I need to go up and talk to him and, and things like that. And my mom, like, you know, just go up and talk to him. Like, she was, And I was like, no, nah, I don't know. Like, he ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, every kid go through that. Like, I don't know, or young young man go through that. I don't know. Oh, are you sure like, he going to talk and this and that? But my mom, like, you know, go up and talk to him, just say what's up. You know, that's all you can do. Like, he was like, you know, she was like, we, he human just like you is. Yeah. And, so, like, ever since that moment, it's like I've never been starstruck. Like, and, and ever since that moment, too, like, I felt that way. Like, I, I make sure, like, 
I'm very open. I would want um, any kid be able to walk up to me and don't be scared to speak to me. Just things like that that I have went through is like, and that's just how I, why I am who I am. I like that. That's pretty good. And I would say that for you, I mean, you have walked in here and felt immediately like you had a confidence in who you are and, and the way you play. Is that is that fair? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm very confident uh, because this is this kind of like, you know, this is what I wanted my life to be like. Um, and also, I just didn't even want to settle for it, just feeling like I made it after, like, even though I was blessed to get drafted, like, I, I, I just made it and, you know, I'm all big time and stuff like that or, you know, so I always just, you know, I always keep a chip on my shoulder uh, from the journey that I took and, and where I'm trying to go and what I'm trying to accomplish in my NFL career, you know. So um, that's why I just make sure I'm confident. I'm always hungry, you know. Uh, I never feel like I'm never too high, never too low. Never feel like I, I feel, always feel like I could have did more, you know. We're talking Rashad White. And let's let's talk about that journey that got you here. Um, I feel like the def you're the definition of overcoming the odds. Does that does that feel accurate? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can say that. Yeah. So tell <laughs> us a little that. bit about, um, let's start with high school. Uh, first of all, you had a, what sounds like a terrifying injury when you were playing high school ball. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had like, like a scrimmage in the summer going into my junior year uh, at that scrimmage. Uh, I was running the ball. I did some of the trip. At that time, though, I was like wearing like, 180, 175 pounds, but I was playing running back still. And uh, my coach had me all over the field. And um, I ended up getting uh, a D lineman end up like falling on me as I was falling. Um, and uh, he put his whole body weight into me. Um, and I had was going going to land the wrong way. Um, so like with his body weight and my body weight, um, I ended up dislocating my clavicle, like breaking my first rib, uh, my growth plate all on the same side. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, I, at first I was toughening it out, um, but I just felt some, so I had to stop. But I thought, you know, it would be just a, a stinger, but when I had got on the bus, it, like, hit me after all my adrenaline stopped. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I got to go to the hospital. So I called my mom. Uh, she sent my brother to the school to, to pick me up, and we went to the hospital, and that's when they let me know all, all of that uh, going into my junior year. I mean, the doctor really even didn't want me to come back my junior year, but I think I came back in like five games or so uh, just because, like, for my team, I felt like I needed to do that. That's crazy. And then I feel like you left out one crucial part that is you could have died from Oh, yeah, this? yeah, yeah. So yeah. the way my uh, collarbone uh, was dislocated, dislocated from my clavicle, I mean, dislocated. It was dislocated from my sternum, so it was like pointing towards all my arteries. So, like, if I would have moved the wrong way, I would have like bled out inside. That's crazy. How did that affect you as a football player, as a as a person? I mean, when you find out you're like an inch from essentially bleeding out on a football field, what was that like? Um, for me, it's just like you know. I mean, you just be happy. You know, you just be blessed. Like, I'm a very happy, blessed individual. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm grateful for all the little things, um, you, you know, just because you go through stuff like that and, you know, like nothing really guaranteed besides like life and death, you know, so. That's incredible. And I mean, do you feel, I know when you came back, it actually changed a little bit about your career trajectory because now when you came back, you were playing behind somebody, right? Yeah, I was like, it was like, it was a tough moment for me um, because one of my like childhood yeah, uh, buddies, um, he was kind of doing his thing. It was his first year um, playing high school football, but he was always a football player. 
It just took him a minute to play high school football. And there, we all knew about him growing up, and I played against him growing up. And uh, he had went to, he was at running back, and you know he was kind of doing he was doing his thing. Um, but when I came back, you know I wanted the running back job back, and because we ran like a gun wing T, so we got like three running backs. But they called different things, um, and that's what helped me mold, mold me into the player I am today. But I wanted the actual like backfield running back spot back. Um, but it didn't go as planned. So, you know, at first I was like, you know, like mad about it, but I switched positions. Like, you know, he was doing his thing and I still was playing uh, like we ran a gun wing team. So we had like a slot back and a wing back and we all lined up still in the backfield and things like that. Um, and I mean, I just was open to moving to that role after a little bit of time and and it helped me flourish and helped me mold me into like the pass catching back and, and, and running back that I am today. That's pretty incredible. And yet, even though after this, you end up with, I think, 2,000 all-purpose yards your senior year. No yeah. big no big deal. Just just a teensy <laughs> amount of yards. Um, but still no D1 offers for you. Um, and I think people were maybe even trying to get you to play defense. Is that right? Yeah, because uh, where I'm from in high school, we'd be playing both ways. So, like, I play, like, slot back. And on defense, I, I play safety and corner. So, so a lot of people like thought because I was a good size, um, like you know that I'd be a great corner, things like that. So like most people wanted me to play corner, but I was just set on running back. Like I wanted to run, I wanted the ball in my hands, you know, things like that. And so, what was that like when you get no D one offers? What was your next plan of how you were gonna, what you were gonna try to do at this point? Of some people might have just been like, never mind, I'm not gonna do this. Tell me about what what happened from there and the decision you made. So for me, it was uh, it was rough, you know. I spent some time crying, breaking down, and my mom like was tough. Like my mom was one of them tough moms. I mean, she was a single parent, so she was she was tough. Like she was heartfelt when it needed to be heartfelt, but she was tough, and she was just opening my eyes up to things that I could have did better. Even though I had two thousand all-purpose yards, but like as in like um, like not like trying to spend so much time with my friends, but I could have been training more, just things like that. And like when you were a kid, you just like trying to enjoy enjoy them days with your buddies because you know like they can kind of run out. Like, you know, y'all gonna have a different lifestyle. And so she would just let me know and I had realized that. So I, when I had no division one offers, I had like division twos. Um, my high school coach was big on like, you know, just go get a degree, get an opportunity to have your school pay, pay for it. And I, like I said, I was blessed. Like how I grew up, where I come from, the like even get that opportunity to have my school paid for. So I'm like, all right, things like that. And so I ended up signing to University of Nebraska Kearney, um, even though I had other division two offers, but they was like the main, the only school that wanted me to play like running back for them. So I was like, I was kind of all for it. And I like where they was turning, uh, turning the program into and things like that. And I just went, remember I went grinding, like my trainer, my trainer, like I grinded all summer because um, you didn't have to report to Division Two, you don't have to report to like fall, like uh, fall camp. So I just grinded all summer. And then I go up there to Division Two with an opportunity to play. Um, as a young freshman, things like that. Uh, one of the only freshmen traveling uh, with the team, things like that. And, I just remember having us meeting some guys up there at the Division Two that came from junior college out all the way out in California, and uh, one of them literally we were sitting on the bench after practice, just out there right after practice, and one of them like kind of like did ask me like you know what's your plan this and like that, and I'm like because they really like they they always like they 
before, like, I mean, I like Le'Veon Bell growing up, but before, like, Le'Veon Bell comparisons kind of came out for me, like, it was, like, with them, like, they was the first one, like, Lil Lev Bell and things like that, like, when I got there, so... I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, play for, for, for however five years here and, and, and get a pro day chance. Like, I'm, I'm still making it to the league. Um, and they were just like, let me know, though. Like, you know, it would be easier if you just go during college. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about during college, though. Like, nobody educated me on that. So then they just started educating me on that and uh, reaching out. They was from different junior colleges out in California. So I started doing my research, and they was reaching out to their coaches. And I just got on the phone and. Um, I just kind of wanted to turn into a, like an actual man. Like when I was younger, I always told my mom I wanted to go far. Like I want to go far away from home and just live. Like you know, be able to live and and, and see things for myself. Um, so I was 18 years old. I went back home, um, and I was telling my mom like I'm going to junior college. And my mom, you know, she respected it. She respected it. She didn't want me to go, you know. But I was a young, grown, grown man. Like I can make my own decisions. Like at 18 years old. And, uh, you know, it just kind of paid off. You know, I ended up going to Mount San Antonio College 2018 spring. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. Played two years. They put me in great position. Uh, my second year, I, I was balling out, going crazy. And then I ended up, was fortunate with a good amount of D- Division one offers. So I finally felt what that felt like, you know, <laughs> to take a visit or to go here. Just took a couple detours to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And for schools that want me, like, whoa, like, yo, it's UCLA. Calling my phone, like, wow, the running back coach Chip Kelly, you know, they offered me a full ride. Like, you know, it was like, wow, like, this is what it felt like. But I was never too high, never too low, though. Never felt like I was too good or better than anybody and things like that. So um, I decided to go with uh, Coach Herman and um, Herm, Coach Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Um, and, you know, then I was blessed, fortunate. They put me in position, and now I'm here. And now you're here. That's incredible. What a story. All right, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with rookie running back Rashad White, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I'm Casey Phillips, joined by rookie running back Rashad White. And uh, right before the break, we heard uh, the, the bird's eye view of your career to this point and where all you went. But I did want to talk a little bit more about your time at Mount Sac because I know that it was not as you, you glossed over a lot of what all you had to go through <laughs> to get here. And I think that I love helping fans understand what people have had to go through to get to this position, that I think it's easy for people to look at NFL players and just say, man, life is so easy for them and they've just been given everything. And I know that that was not necessarily the story before getting here that you, like you said, you're living your dream now, but it took a lot and a lot of sacrifice to get here. So tell us a little bit about when you're at Mount Sac, what that experience was like in terms of off the field of what it's like to be a JUCO guy, having to put yourself through that school. I mean, just having to put yourself for, for me as a junior college guy, I kind of knew what what was coming into it though. Like I said, I did my research. Um, I talked to some coaches, and they was real with me. That's one of the reasons why I chose Mount Sac because the coaches was real and upfront. You know, like we can help you out find a place to live, but you know, we don't do scholarships here. You know, we don't. You know, what I'm saying we don't pay for a living, but we can do things, things like that to help you out. Um, so that's what happened. Really, um, I had got there. They had like an apartment. It was like, I mean, but you living with like they live in two, three bedrooms with like. 10 people, like eight people or so. So, you know, you got two sleeping in the living room, two sleeping in each room. 
you know, things like that. Like, it's tough, you know. It's, it's real hard, you know. Um, you got to get food stamps, things like that, in order to put food in your crib, go apply for that, you know. But you're just figuring how to live. Like, just looking at it now still, like, I'll be smiling if it was still the same day, like, you know, because you're just figuring out how to live, which I had like, like, on my own. But it's like little things you had to do. Um, so like my mom and my family, I only wanted to ask them for like a certain amount. You know, I didn't want to have them pay my bills or things like that. Plus, it was already tough. They had their own things to do. So I mean, I just kind of like try to figure things out myself. I, they sent me money here and there, but I was having like little jobs on the side. I was fortunate to meet this uh, gentleman uh, walking in the Seven Eleven uh, parking lot. He had went to like he was he from Tampa, Florida, and he lived he lived in California now. And uh, um, he was fortunate to like go to junior college out in Kansas and things like that. And I had always got that question like, why didn't you just go to junior college out in Kansas? Things like that. And I just said I don't know. I didn't even try. I didn't even attempt. When the guys told me about California JUCOs and how you gotta figure out how to live on your own, fan for yourself. I just that just gra I just gravitated towards that. So I ended up fortunately meet him walking in a tank top and some basketball shorts, and he just like, <laughs> like yo, young man, you play football, uh, things like that. And I'm like, yes, I do. And um, I just remember talking to him for about like 20 minutes outside in the parking lot. Like yeah, um, he just introduced himself, just talking. We just talking about ball and things like that. And he's like, yo, just take my number down, this and that. And I'm like, you know, like, oh, all right. Like, you know, my mom, I'm, I don't trust strangers, you know. So I'm <laughs> like, all right, danger. yeah, like, okay, like, hold on now. And then he like, you know, take this $20 too. I'm like, oh, <laughs> red flag, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> red flag, but also I need $20. <laughs> red flag, but I can't use that. Yeah. So I'm like hesitating. He's like, no, nah, take it. You don't owe me nothing in return, this and that. So next thing you know, I took his number down. I text him like, yeah, this is me, uh, the young man you just met in the parking lot, the junior college ball player, and takes me back like paragraphs, you know, like, you know, and just sending me pictures of himself. He used to play and end up going to Colorado, and he played at the time Colorado was, you know, like uh, real legit and stuff like that, and, you know, just getting me, like, to know him better so that I can, can trust him better. Then he like, yeah, I'm gonna bring by some groceries for y'all and the guys that's in the crib with you and I'm gonna take care of you, look out for you, things like that. And I'm like, oh no, it's so no with this. So <laughs> Nobody's just like, this yeah. nice randomly. <laughs> yeah, like so I didn't even respond to him for about two days or so. <laughs> like, yeah, he like and he sent me messages just deeply telling me, you know, like who he is, things like that and we met, he had brought by some food, and we just talked and things like that. And he just got kind of like gained my trust. I could tell, you know, who he was. And we still in each other's corner to this day. Uh, he texts me. We text all the time. I mean, I just called him yesterday after getting off the plane and things like that. And it was, it just been, it was just fortunate that I met him, things like that. But it was, it's been dark times, though, you know. You, you know, lights cut off in the, the apartments, you know, everybody trying to put their money together. Um, sometimes guys leave you, you know, things like that. And like, you know, um, guys on the lease and, you know, getting evicted, you know, or you're sleeping in abandoned apartments, you know, like I didn't sleep in an abandoned apartment before, like um, where it's just the lights is on for, gonna be on, stay on for a certain amount of days and the water staying on, you gotta find, figure out your next move. Or I just seen guys sleeping in cars, I mean, you know, it's just tough. You know, it's tough out there. 
Uh, you just got to know what comes to, with it, though, and keep fighting through it, you know. So he was fortunate, though, to set me up with a couple of jobs and things like that to where, like, part-time where I can do this. I mean, I was working in a, I was working in warehouses, furniture, you know, like <clears throat> the Bob's Furniture Warehouse. I was working in there, um, you know, stacking up aisles, loading trucks, things like that. I'm talking, like, 4 in the morning. Uh, yeah, just on top to get, of school, on top on of On top of all that, just trying to get some money, things like that. And, you know, it just helped, like I said, it was just most of the stuff helped mold me and shape me into who the man I am today. It also helped me how much I, showed me how much I really love. Like, the whole journey showed me I love football since I was young. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I mean, I love basketball more than my family would tell you, which I did at that point <laughs> in time. But <clears throat> they knew I loved sports. Like, I gravitated towards sports, and this is sports is what I wanted to do growing up like basketball or football i was gonna try to be be anything one. something yeah, in one so i mean like it just showed me how much like you know you gotta go work a nine to five job and it just show you like still like even with the abandon or you coming home to no food or nothing like that it just shows you like how much more like why you why you love what you do like why i love to go to practice and it's my safe haven i get to have fun even though i might not want to go to work at four in the morning or whatever it is or <clears throat> even though i might not want to go back to that apartment i'm just enjoying football my safe haven when i go to practice and things like that so it was awesome it was awesome it was tough but it was awesome it's incredible we're talking to running back rashad white and for you now to be here what do you think are your biggest strengths on and off the field, especially after we hear that story, what you bring to this team based on your past, your story, and then your skill set on the field. When we are years from now talking about why Rashad White made it, what do you think it's going to be because of? Uh, just because of my character, uh, just because who I am as a man. And uh, that's what I really like about the stars that's in the locker room. And I tell everybody about them, you know, my family, a lot of people, friends, how Mike, and how's Chris? How's Tom, you know, and how's, uh, you know, Lenny or how's, you know, they asked me about a lot of guys. How Devin White, how Levante, you know, all the stars on the team right now, Vita. I'm like, man, they all so down to earth. They got great character. They're very humble. Um, they very, they very like, um, they very selflessness. Um, they don't even like realize that they might, you know, like, you know, they don't even realize like to you, that's what, what they is. But. To them, they like, I'm just another regular person. And that's how I pride myself. Years on down the line, um, Rashad White, whatever, you know, however my social status, my name, how big my name might be, but I'm just a regular person. I'm just human, like everybody else. And how about uh, a couple of the other running backs in your room? What do they bring to the table? Gio Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn, what has it been like to play alongside those guys as well? Uh, it's been great competition. And also as well as Gio, uh, great leadership. Um, uh, I was blessed and fortunate to move up, obviously, uh, to RB2 and uh, Gio and just been leading me ever since. And then uh, uh, Sneak, Keyshawn Vaughn, he's just been competing, you know, doing who he is, you know, staying the same person, things like that. So that's what they bring, a lot of leadership and uh, just great personality. And Todd McNair, as your running back coach, what do you like about him and, and the ways that you guys have already started building a relationship and, and what he might be able to do for you in your career? Uh, what I like about him is just little details and uh, communication. Um, he always communicating and he always stay harping on like the little details and how little details become uh, big details and big things. You know, the littlest thing might become a big thing though, even though it's look, it seems like it's the littlest thing. So that's why I've been very blessed and fortunate to have so far early in my career um, 
him just being up, just having me on on track, having me mindset, mentality, just making sure I know everything that I need to know, just things like that. So just teaching me the game. How about in your room? Are there any rookie duties that are required of you? Um, no, uh, my wow, best actually you? cool. Uh, I think we had went out to eat. I think it was like Tennessee. We went to like a steak place, and they had paid and things like that, like Lenny and, and Gio had split the bill. Um, so no, it was pretty cool. Uh, they don't ask me to do nothing. Everybody be doing everything. Right yeah, you're, you're looking at all the other rookies like, man, <laughs> my guy, my guys are cool. Yeah, I'm just looking <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, but for me though, like regardless, uh, and I, that's, that's why I tell people all the time and people don't believe me, but um, this is who I am. So like a lot of like people be like, yeah, you gonna make like I be having to get up off the table uh, when I'm trying to get taped in the morning for practice because some vets come, yeah. um, like Will and 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 uh, Pat, you know, Connor and things like that. But you know that's just what they do. But I always tell like uh, Dutchie and, and, and Bobby and, and, and Sammy and them that when my time come, like and I'm a vet, or whatever, I'm still not gonna make the rookie get up off the table just because that's who I am. Like I I mean, you know, and it's not like discrediting them who they are, but you know, they probably had different vets or whatever that like now nah, these rookies gotta pay they pay their dues. But regardless if I had to, I'm not gonna make the rookies when it's my turn come in, have to Oh, let's go out to eat. You pay pay for this, or just run up the tab on them, like just because that's just not who I was, who I am, you know. That's pretty cool. And how about Byron Leftwich as your offensive coordinator? For one, to have a guy that played in the league fairly recently and, and played quarterback, and therefore understands the quarterback running back dynamics, the the running back offensive line dynamics. What have you seen about how he sees the game, the way that he can set up the offense? to put guys like you in a position to succeed? Um, I think Coach Byron is uh, amazing. Um, and not just because I'm playing with him, um, just because when I was going through the pre-draft process, all that and everything, um, I just I just like how he was always true to himself. Um, he was always himself. He always be himself. His confidence, you could just tell how he walk, how he whistle around here, just how he go outside and he run around and walk around the field. and things like that and just how he carry himself you could just tell uh, what kind of guy he is and uh, on the field as a coach yeah he's amazing um you know he just seen it all he didn't been here um you know and he's a quarterback and most of the time I mean you see how like Tom and Lenny are I mean I got quarterbacks um that I play with in my life are my closest friends still are my best friends still one of them came to New Orleans game because he played quarterback for LSU right now but like that's just how it be like you running backs and quarterbacks are always base, always really like this. So um, it's just amazing to be able to go to him, talk to him about anything, and just like you said, how you put guys in position. Uh, I was going to put you in position to succeed, to win. And one thing I like about him as well is he's he going to take credit, though, when he don't feel like he put you in position to succeed and things like that, which is really great to see. What do you remember about the pre-draft process and when you realized the Bucks were showing interest in you or what all of that was like and then learning this is where you would come? Uh, for me, I just never uh, – I just went through it. Like I said, I'm the type of guy I enjoy the moment, so I only knew I'd get one combine, knew I'd get like one formal and informal meeting. So, you know, I knew first – you know, my mom always taught me so young, you know, first impression is, you know, huge. Um, so I just knew, though, at the end of the day to be myself – be relaxed, be comfortable, um, um, things like that. And as well as um, I just knew the Bucks. like I had like a, I believe it was like a formal 
uh, where we was in a suite and things like that. And I was talking to Coach Byron was in there and guys like that. And Coach T. Max, since I was coming up to the door, he was like cracking jokes. But I didn't realize he was the running back coach until the time. But um, it was just like great. And they showed interest then and let me know um, all honesty, answered my questions that I had in there. I answered their questions that they had in there, went over some things about ball. And then I had was blessed to be on a top 30 visit here. But, you know, a lot of people like, you know, don't even worry about your top 30 visits because it's rare where you go to a team on your where they, you take a top 30 visit to. But um, I didn't know where I would end up. Uh, I was always just hoping that I end up, me and my agent talk about it, in a great situation, a great spot. Uh, guys like this in a locker room you can learn from. Um, you can pick their brain. Um, you just know how it is. So when your time come, you know you're not. It's not like wow, you know, like I'm just now seeing this, you know. So, um, and I was end up fortunate to take this. Um, I mean, get drafted here. It's incredible. We have one more segment coming up here with running back Rashad Wright on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. Casey Phillips joined by rookie running back Rashad White. And uh, you got your first official home game coming up. Uh, what I know preseason happens, but I'm sure that feels very different. What are the things that you are most excited about to finally step out there at Raymond James Stadium and know this this one counts for something on the record books? Um, really, I'm just looking excited to get back out there um, and playing with the guys, playing with my teammates, to be honest, um, and just enjoying the moment, uh, seeing the atmosphere. Like, for the first time, I mean, the atmosphere was great against Miami, but I'm pretty sure it'll be, like you said, it's a regular season game, um, playing the Packers, so it'll be a – uh, much probably intense, huge atmosphere. Uh, so waiting to see that and just waiting, you know, opportunity to come, just make sure I make everything of it, make the most of it, and um, just give my team my all in special teams and things like that and my job that I am, that they, they do want me to do. And now knowing the week after that is against the Chiefs. You grew up in <laughs> Kansas City. Were you a Chiefs fan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what is that like now to know you're going against the team that you grew up watching? Uh, it just it just make you want to go against them. I mean, obviously even harder. Uh, you got a chip on your shoulder, like you know, um, you know they didn't draft you, things like that. Uh, <laughs> they had a chance, so obviously it's just gonna be fun though. Uh, just be fun, enjoy the moment. Um, really things like that. I know a couple guys on the team and things like that. So just to be fun, just going at it, getting after it with them. And whenever you talk about the atmosphere at the stadium, we're talking to running back Rashad White. I always love asking anyone that's new to the team, uh, what were your thoughts the first time you heard the cannons fire and did they startle you? Um, no. Uh, sometimes, though, it's like you don't really kind of like, for me, I don't really even like hear or sometimes I'd be so much in the zone, I kind of like even pay that, pay that pay that no attention yeah. if you get what I'm saying so like it's like you hear but you don't like really realize it at the time you know That's things impressive. like that so it's <laughs> like you I was like I hear but it's like something else must have been going on to where it's like oh I'm on to the next thing you know and not even doing that but I mean I like the sound of it and things like that I mean that's even with away games for me like you you don't hear the crowd like I don't hear the crowd like for a minute until it's like something that's causing me to hear it you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying so like I don't hear the same Saints crowd for me, like, it's like, they was loud, but I don't really hear it until, like, TB is trying to tell me to play. 
then it's like, hold on, if I can't hear him, like, oh, yeah, yeah they like, loud, they, you yeah. know, or if, like, he got to say, say HUD on the snap count, things like that, and I don't really hear, but, like, I'm fortunate to play running back, you just yeah, wait till right the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you in the backfield with him, so stuff like that, you just kind of zone, uh, like, you be in so much of the zone, you don't even hear stuff like, or pay attention. That's interesting. And now, looking forward to this Packers game, uh, I know it's Monday, so you haven't really started the preparation yet, but... Uh, what do you maybe already know a little bit about their defense or what are the things you're going to do this week to prepare for them the way you've started learning how to prepare for an NFL defense? Um, I just know they got the same thing. Uh, they got a strong front, you know, um, and we just blessed and fortunate to play another one, um, play just play one this last game and, you know, you just kind of know what comes with it. So I'm just looking forward to uh, playing against a strong front. Uh, we know that they want to get home with a um, front four. Um, so they don't bliss a whole lot as well, as well as the Saints didn't bliss a whole lot. Um, and um, they just, you know, very rely on their front, they front, uh, they front, and, um, you know, we want to protect up TD, and uh, we want to, you know, obviously run the ball and, and have a strong suit on that, and as well as uh, making sure we just make the plays that, that comes with it. Um, I just know we're going to uh, be aggressive. That's all I know. That's, that's, I like the sound of that. I'm sure Bucks fans do too. And uh, I know that the pass protection part for rookie running backs can sometimes be the hardest part of the adjustment. How, do, how comfortable do you feel at this point in that part of your game? Uh, I feel very comfortable. Um, it's all about communication. Um, and the line is very good at communicating as well as TB is of uh, who's such and such. So after that, you just know that you got uh, one guy that the line, you got the guy that the line don't got. And uh, or you got the rest of the guys. So the line got, you know, they got a four down. They got the four linemen, it's five linemen. So they're going to have one other guy outside of that, and you got the rest. So, I mean, it's pretty simple once you break it down to it. You just got to know who the line got, and then you go from there. All right. Well, we are so excited to have had you on the show and so excited to have you as a member of the Bucks organization. You got such an amazing attitude coming in here, and I know that we're just all wishing you nothing but the best and can't appreciate wait to see that. what this uh, what this career brings for you. <laughs> thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks to all of you guys for being with us here and listening to Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest. This has been with rookie running back Rashad White, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access has been brought to you by Frontier. Uncable yourself, get fiber internet, and by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio, 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg, home of the best Bucs coverage.